what I like about the program is just building on what we know and just always challenging. And the kettlebell is like one of the greatest investments I think that I've ever made ever because it's so versatile and I can do a cardio workout with it. I can do an upper body workout with it, a lower body, just the whole entire body with a kettlebell. And I really don't ever find myself thinking like I'm gonna slip back. I feel like that's in the past, I really do. You're listening to Muscle Medicine, where we debunk the myths in the health and wellness world to bring you the latest updates in exercise, rehab, and nutrition from industry leaders. Join your host, Dr. Emily Kybert, chiropractor and movement expert, as she brings you simple, actionable tips to reach your fullest potential. Hey there, Dr. Emily Kybert here with Muscle Medicine Podcast. Today is a very, very special episode Again, an episode that I don't typically do, but these episodes are actually some of my favorite. I bring on one of the women in my Thyroid Strong course who has also continued on to Stay Strong, which is a membership course for women with Hashimoto's to learn and continue to work out without burning out, to have their workout support their goals of having more energy, losing weight, and feeling better in their body as a woman living with Hashimoto's. So today's guest is Stephanie Pierce. She's out of Colorado and she tried many different things, you know, really struggled with some anxiety, especially around her thyroid health and has really come out the other side. And it's really beautiful to see that transformation. I think a lot of women who struggle with thyroid issues, they feel really alone and isolated and feel like the people around them don't really understand what they're going through, right? Because sometimes we're like lone wolves in our symptoms of brain fog and forgetting, you know, how we were going to finish our sentence when <laughs> after we started it. And I really love Stephanie's story because she has more energy. She's changed how she's worked out. She's changed how she takes care of herself and her body. And through her journey of, you know, feeling a little disconnected, now feels more connected, not only to herself, but to the people around her. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Stephanie Pierce, welcome to Muscle Medicine Podcast. I'm super excited to have you on. I don't typically do an episode like this. And so this is new territory for me. So normally I bring on someone in the health and wellness field to share their expertise. And it's always highlighting someone else and their knowledge base. But it, I would love to highlight you and your story and your journey with Hashimoto's and your experience with Thyroid Strong, which is an online program to help women with Hashimoto's lose weight and have more energy. So welcome to Muscle Medicine Podcast. I'm really excited to have you on. Oh, thank you, Dr. Emily. I am very happy to be here and quite honored. So thank you very much. So your journey with Hashimoto's has been a long one, right? It's been over many, many years. Can you share kind of how you first came to getting diagnosed and how you were feeling maybe before getting diagnosed? I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's in 2017. So not too long ago, but my thyroid journey actually started about 20 years ago when I found out I had a hyperthyroid. 
And so what that looked like for me at the time was I had experienced a sudden weight loss. I had tremors in my hands. I had an increased heart rate. I had problems sleeping. I got nervous. I had anxiety. And so I, I went to an endocrinologist. I had it for about a year. I struggled with it for about a year. Went to an endocrinologist and I refused any treatment and medication. And it kind of went away on its own. I was doing heated yoga. I started doing heated yoga, Bikram's yoga. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But yeah, I think I had it for about a year. And then my numbers, the thyroid numbers just went down. And my endocrinologist, she told me it was a miracle. I think she thought I was a little crazy because I didn't, I would, I refused medicine and treatment. And my blood work looked good as far as the thyroid numbers. Everything looked good. But I still had I still struggled with the anxiety and nervousness. I had, I was irritable, real moody, and I just didn't feel a hundred percent. And now looking back, I'm thinking maybe I was experiencing maybe some adrenal dysfunction, probably some blood sugar imbalances at the time that was never addressed. So moving forward in 2000 and five, I had my son. In 2007, I had my daughter and I didn't have any problems getting pregnant. I didn't have any issues during both pregnancies and my thyroid numbers looked really good. And so in 2013 is when I kind of really started going downhill and I started struggling with major brain fog and fatigue and exhaustion and I was having problems like remembering things. My memory recall was really bad. And I was just sluggish and had low moods, no motivation. I just felt horrible. So I struggled with that. And then 2015 was a really rough year. I had migraines. I had chronic sinus infections. I would get a cold, simple cold, and it would turn into a sinus infection. And then I'd have to take a round of antibiotics. And then a month later, I get another cold. And that went on for a year. I went and saw an ENT, an ear, nose, and throat specialist, had an MRI done on my head, and everything came back clean. And so I started eating paleo. And then I started feeling better. And so I felt a little bit better. And then in 2017 is when I went to, uh, I went to a women's clinic found a female doctor that I really liked. And that's when she told me I had Hashimoto's. Interesting. So it was a long time coming. Cause like when you first started feeling sluggish and low energy and in the brain fog, it was kind of like kids were like eight and five ish, Yes, which I'm sure is really hard because being present with the kids is, Oh yeah. <laughs> is full on many, many hours a day as well. So during that time, was it in terms of what you were eating? Was it kind of like, oh, I'm just going to eat kind of whatever, <laughs> whatever versus like being very conscious about paleo, which is like no grains, no gluten, no dairy, mainly kind of just like meat and veg. So I was, I, I consider myself a healthy eater. I've always kind of been a healthy eater. We were just raised that way. My mom was a healthy eater. And when I started doing paleo and quit with quit eating the bread, I think that made a big difference. And I just don't tolerate bread. 
And now I, I realize I don't tolerate corn very well. And one of my favorite meals, not even a meal, but it could be a meal for me is chips and salsa. I love chips and salsa, but corn just, my body does not do well with corn at all. Yeah. And, and corn's a common, like kind of inflammatory food for people that do have digestive issues. I am the same. Like I, as a kid grew up eating like corn in the cob. It was like the summer food. Oh yeah. <laughs> and now I eat corn and I wake up feeling like hungover. Oh, it's terrible. Or I can eat corn and the next day or two, I'm like depressed. I feel horrible. It's just bizarre. It, it's really crazy. But so I think when I started eating paleo, I started feeling better. I think I had more energy. I still felt I didn't handle stress well, and I still don't handle stress well. And so little things were big things to me. And you mentioned my kids being young at the time. I missed my son's Christmas program, his last Christmas program, because I didn't feel well. And then he had he's the drawer. And he came home one day and he drew a picture of the family and I was on the couch with a washcloth on my forehead and a thermometer sticking out of my mouth because I was always sick. And I remember seeing that and just thinking, oh my gosh, that's how he sees me. I'm just, I never feel good. And the sad thing is the, like my symptoms, it's not even something that like you can sleep and feel better. It just, I just never felt good. And my head always felt just so heavy. And like, it took so much energy just to hold my head up. And I struggled with making a grocery list, going to the grocery store, and then coming home and then putting the groceries away. That would just wipe me out. So just those simple things that simple daily activities that we take for granted. Yeah. So you went to the women's health clinic, and they diagnosed you with Hashimoto's. Yes. So she tells me I have Hashimoto's. I'm not familiar with Hashimoto's. And I, I really didn't even have the energy or the motivation to research it because she told me, go home, research it. And I, I said, okay, but I didn't. It was just, it seemed so overwhelming. And so she suggested I go on Armour Thyroid. And she also suggested I take a testosterone hormone replacement because my testosterone was really low. And so I just listened to her. So I said, sure, that sounds great. I'll do that. So I was taking the thyroid medication, the testosterone replacement, and my antibodies were going down. Numbers were going down, but I still, I still wasn't feeling a lot better. And then I started getting, the anxiety started getting worse. And I started having anxiety attacks in the car while driving. So I went on an anxiety medication. And unfortunately, that didn't work. And so my sister had recommended a book to me. And it is, it's called Hashimoto's Food Pharmacology. And it's by Isabella Wentz. I love her. I love Isabella. She is awesome. And so... I got this book and I actually read the book and for the first time I started to educate myself on this disease and the book was awesome. It had a little bit in there about everything. She covered, you know, what Hashimoto's is, triggers, symptoms, supplements, AIP eating, and just a lot of explanations 
that I didn't know before. And I realized that I could put this into remission and that it didn't have to run my life. And I think the other thing that went off or the light bulb that went off that was so exciting for me was that I knew what was wrong because I, before I just thought I was crazy. I was losing, I just thought this is how, this is the new normal for me. And I would tell my husband, I just feel like I'm in the water, just drowning. Like I can, I just barely have my head over out of the water and, and he would just say, I don't understand, Stephanie. I just don't understand it. And But that's how I could explain it. I just felt like I could just barely had my head out of the water, just treading. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting that you, you saw the doctor mm-hmm. and she said to go research. Because ideally, in our medical system, the doctor would lead and guide that kind of research versus, you know, putting it on the patient and feeling like, oh, my God, something's wrong with me. And like, I would say, I don't know anyone with that is in, you know, kind of a, maybe a flare up of Hashimoto's be like, I'm going to go research. Like just <laughs> have the mental clarity to like read a sentence is like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I think in like a, you know, in a dream world, that guidance that maybe you got from Isabella's book and being that advocate for your health would come from that partnership with the doctor. Yeah. How lucky that your sister was like, you know what, check out this book because Isabel is such a wealth of information and puts it together in such a clear way that maybe even with brain fog, you know, you can still take in the information. So what were some changes that you made kind of after that self-education? I read the book and I made an appointment with my doctor and this was in 2019. I think it was in April. So spring of 2019 And I went in and I took the book and I said, I want to go off of all my meds and I want to start taking supplements. And so she sat down with me and she, she was very supportive. She took me off the medication and she uh, wrote me a prescription for all the supplements. And I told her, I said, "I, I feel like I'm ready to move. I want to start walking. And I want to do this AIP protocol. I really want to try this. And she was all for it. And I did, I did, however, go on LDN, low dose yeah. naltrexone. She yeah, prescribed yeah, yeah. that to me. Yeah. And right now, besides that, or besides supplements, that's all I take is the LDN. So I started walking and started doing the AIP protocol and just started feeling better. And that was kind of the big breakthrough for me. Yeah, that's amazing. Were there any underlying things? So for example, like when you talk about getting sick a lot or you know, chronic sinus infections, sometimes environmental factors, at least to me, come to mind because I know I had the same. It's like anytime I push myself, even just like a little bit is like I knew I was going to get sick and I had to really clean up and just re-regulate like my adrenal function mm-hmm. and kind of for myself, get, get out of some kind of environmental factors like mold in my house and water damage in my house. Did you, did you have any, like anything kind of light bulbs like that, that came through that process of reading Isabel's book? Mostly food. Those seem to be the big triggers, mostly food. And right now I'm still healing my gut. So when I was young, I've never had a good gut. When I was young, I had ear infections all the time. I was always on antibiotics. 
And then when I was in high school and college, I had severe acne. So I was on antibiotics for that. So I think I've killed probably every good bacteria that would, that's in there. And so I've always had problems with constipation. I don't think I've ever had a healthy gut. And so I'm in the process of healing that. But foods, foods really seem to make a, a big difference for me. And cutting out the tomatoes and nightshades, that seemed to really help. The corn, um, I have a sensitivity to chocolate. Me too! Do you? Yeah. I was like, chocolate, everyone's talking about how like the dark chocolate's so healthy oh, and like, I know. Is there a replacement. And I was like, oh, but I, it like comes up as, on my uh, LRA, it's not so great. Yeah. I think it's interesting too that when you started to make changes, the blood work numbers came back as looking better and more optimized, but the symptoms were still very much present. Cause I think, you know, I think 20% is the number of women can go into remission with Hashimoto's, but remission, you know, and people are like, well, what is remission? There's the blood work component, mm-hmm. uh, but then there's also like a minimization in symptoms. So I think it's interesting that like the blood work is looking better, but you are still like I, I still have brain fog. I still don't feel good. Yeah. So you started walking and doing the AIP protocol. Started walking, doing the AIP. And then, so we'll say we're like fallish November. Oh, we have a huge snowstorm. And I go out and I shovel snow and I injure my shoulder. And then that doesn't really heal very well. And then I started noticing how weak I was. And just, I don't have any endurance. I'm really weak. I can't carry a bag of cat litter in the house anymore. I struggle carrying a full laundry basket of clothes downstairs. And, you know, over 20 years ago, I used to work out. I used to lift weights. I was in sports when I was in high school. I've always been very strong. And that was never an issue. And then I realized probably this last fall that I just was getting really weak. And so I think it was in January, February, I just, and I felt good enough, like I was ready to move physically and I just wanted to move forward. And I had heard, I had heard somewhere that working out with Hashimoto's can be really tricky. So I Googled it and then that's how I found you. And it happened to be in February, right before you launched Thyroid Strong. And that's how I came across thyroid strong and then wow. that's how my thyroid strong journey started. Yeah. So when you were walking, mm-hmm. were you was it like counting steps or were you like I'm just going to go on a 20 minute or 60 minute walk or was it just kind of like I'm going to try and walk once a day? We have a dog and we also live by a lake. And yeah. it's a real pretty walk and you know one lap around the lake is about a mile. And that's about all I would do. I take her for a walk and we go for a mile walk. And that felt good. I was starting to have issues with my hips, problems with my hips. Okay. And um, some knee pain, some joint pain. And so the walking was just, it was just enough. It didn't irritate or I felt like it was about what I could handle. Yeah. And so I'm curious because obviously Thyroid Strong is a strength-based program. It's kettlebells. Did like some of the joint stuff or the muscle aches, especially like the hips, did it change? Oh my gosh. 
Yes. <laughs> like huge, huge. Yeah. When I first started Thyroid Strong, I like the first thing I noticed immediately was my energy. I had energy and it was, it was such a good feeling. I had missed that, just that endorphin rush. And the next day I would have sore muscles and I love that feeling. And so right away I noticed I had a lot of energy. I would do my workout in the morning and then I could think clearer. I was motivated. I could complete tasks. It, it was just awesome. And so then I noticed that right away. And then I noticed my strength, you know, I could feel, I, I would come up the stairs and I could feel my glutes engage, or I could feel a hamstring or my quad where before there was just, it was just like jello. There was nothing there. So I could so feel like more like tone and oh, definition. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's always like icing on the cake, you know? <laughs> Definitely. And so I noticed that my hips are stronger. I can crawl now before I couldn't, I couldn't crawl. I couldn't sit like crisscross applesauce. So yeah, yeah. I lost range of motion and, and now I can do that. It, they don't hurt anymore. Awesome. And How about like some of the activities? Like, so you were saying like the things that you noticed you couldn't do that actually kind of cued you to like, wow, I, I'm weaker, like carrying the cat litter or carrying or like the laundry. Like, do those things feel like you oh, probably yeah. don't even think twice now? No. I guess. It, and because it's so gradual and then all of a sudden I like my arm, my arm pain went away and I would feel it every time I'd wash the windows or I'd wash a vanity mirror, you know, I could feel it from the injury from when I shoveled the snow and then all of a sudden that just, that just disappeared. It, I love that. Everything's starting to get stronger and I love it too. It's awesome. So you have more energy. I'm curious the brain fog piece because it sounds like that was a piece that was like really consistent for many years. Mm -hmm. Does that change as well? Yes. Or not so much. Yeah. It, yes, definitely. Okay. Definitely. I could not have sat down and did this, you know, <laughs> five or six years ago. There's just no way. The I would be like the phone would ring and I would almost be in tears because I would think I can't talk on the phone can't it, it just hurts to process a thought it was just it was really debilitating so the brain fog has definitely the clarity's much better the brain fog has lifted and I can I can complete tasks and do things and not feel so overwhelmed like yeah. I used to yeah you were sharing right before we came on something that you had shared with your husband can you oh yeah share sure. that so I was sitting down preparing for this and I told him, I said, I have to commend you and thank you because it was really rough there for a while and you were always just very supportive and very, very patient with me. And so, and he jokingly said it was, it was hard at times or it wasn't always easy. And I said, I need to have a support group for husbands of, that are married to women with Hashimoto's. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's such a, um, that's so funny. It's such a great thing to share and to hear. Yes. I think a lot of women, and you see it like in some different kind of like Hashimoto Facebook groups, really struggle. Like they, 
they share what they're going through, which is hard enough as yeah. women. Cause I think sometimes you just kind of like internalize and then we share with our partner and their partner is like, just like, I don't know what to do. What do you want me to do? Or like, and you know, sometimes like partners get angry. And, and so I think it's such a, such a beautiful moment to mm-hmm. like share that with your husband and be like, you know what? Thank you for the patience. And he's like, yeah, it was tough, but yeah. Yeah. yeah that support is possible. It is possible. <laughs> and the other thing, you know, and I'm sure you can relate to this. We, I can't eat hardly anything. So it's when we go, we don't go out to eat very often because I can't, I can't, there's really, there's not a whole lot of places that I can go where I can eat just because I react to everything. And so, yes. you know, that's always an issue too. And that another thing that he's always really patient with, or if we're going somewhere or if we're going to go to a barbecue, or something, he'll make sure that, you know, did you eat something or do you have something that you can eat? And so mindful of stuff. Yeah. That's so nice. I love that. I'm always like shopping for myself and I used to be like embarrassed to bring my own things, but now I'm like, I'm the only one that has to live in my body. So I don't care. (laughs) It's just not worth it sometimes. Yeah. So I think it's a really fine line to program a workout and to do a workout to create enough stimulation to get the endorphin release to feel Mm -hmm. like you're working out, but not so much that you feel just like totally wiped out fatigued, right? Yes. And I think sometimes in our culture of kind of like work hard, play hard, like just always pushing ourselves, I think mentally we think we should be pushing ourselves to the point where we're, you know, kind of like there's a puddle on the floor and we're laying it after we worked out, which is really not Mm -hmm. realistic. But I'm curious, like as you have gotten stronger, do you feel like you can do more? Or do you sometimes worry, will I go back to that picture that that your son drew of like being on the couch with the... You know, I I don't. I feel... I feel so much better than I have in years and I just feel strong and I feel capable. And if I'm having a bad day or I didn't get good sleep the night before, I'll recognize that. And what I like about the program is just building on what we know and just always challenging. And it's always fresh and different and the kettlebell is like one of the greatest investments I think that I've ever made ever because it's so versatile and I can do a cardio workout with it. I can do an upper body workout with it, a lower body, just the whole entire body with just this, with a kettlebell and there's different movements and different skills. And then we just learn on them and build on them. And I really don't ever find myself thinking I'm like, I'm going to slip back. I feel like that's in the past. I really do. I feel like I've, I've come really, really far. And just knowing what I know about nutrition and symptoms and all the different components that, you know, this is always going to be a journey, but I feel like the worst is behind me. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. I think something that, I really love about you and just like us working together is that 
you enjoy the process and there's a very clear, like kind of mind body connection. Like some people just want to like work out and get through it. Right. (laughs) Just kind of like, okay, is the 20 minutes, is the 30 minutes done yet? But I think something that you appreciate and that you enjoy is like the learning and like skill acquisition and better than you were the day before, you know? And so I love that because I think for people who just want to rush through their workout, they can get injured easier because they're not focusing on form and what they're learning. So I, I love that about you. Thank you. you. It's fun. The workouts are so much fun. Yeah. How has your mindset shifted? So it sounds like symptoms have shifted. It sounds like physically Mm -hmm. there's shifts, right? And there's changes, but I'm curious how your mindset has changed because it sounds like there were years where there was anxiety and yeah. How has that changed? I still have anxiety. I still struggle with anxiety, but it's a lot better than it was. And I think I'm still working on with my naturopathic doctor, we're still working on some things. Like I said, my gut, I still have really low testosterone and I think my adrenals are just, they're not, they're not in the best shape. And, and all of that contributes, but I feel, I just feel more capable now. And I feel like I have a handle on things and I have patience with myself and patience, you know, if I'm struggling with something or having a a day where I'm not, where I'm having anxiety, I just, I recognize it, you know, I give, give it credence, recognize it. And then I just think, okay, it could be a number of things. I'm not a slave to this and I'll just work through it and we'll get through it. Everything's going to be okay. And I, I just don't dwell on stuff. I feel like, I'm moving forward where before I was just in the water, treading water, and now I'm, I'm out of the water on the beach, just dealing with it, I guess. Yeah. You know, I think one of the really great things about putting in the consistency and the commitment to doing strength is building this capacity mm-hmm. of resilience. And I think part of resilience is being able to put a pause or kind of step back and ask ourselves if what we're feeling is actually true. Like, is it actually, you know, cause sometimes we feel like we are our feelings versus like, well, no, I'm me, but what I'm feeling, maybe it's anxiety is like, mm-hmm. it's happening. It's there. And to kind of like put a little space. And I think for people who work on building capacity and feeling capable and being more resilient, they are better at being able to put space between what they're feeling and who they are, which it sounds like is what you're doing. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly it. That I can step back and I can see, and then I can tell myself, okay, this is just a feeling and it's something you're experiencing right now. It's, it's not, the way it's going to be forever. And, and I can recognize it as that. And then, you know, in the next day or so, it will go away or I feel better. And then, then I don't even think about it anymore. Just to keep moving forward and being positive. My husband used to tell me I'm my own worst enemy because I would just get down and, and 
I was really hard on myself. Oh, you know, we all are. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like A, that's a quality of being a woman sometimes and B, of a mom, <laughs> of being a mom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You talk about motion and momentum. And I think I was just saying this earlier today that having momentum is so much easier to access than mm-hmm. trying to get motivated from that place of like, you're in the water and you're like, oh, I can yeah. really get my head above water and trying to get motivated to eat better, do an AIP protocol, workout, strength train versus just having the momentum of like little by little with consistency. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite kettlebell move? Like if you're like, I can only do one kettlebell move today. If you had a choice, what would it be? That's a hard question. I, it's funny because every week I think, oh, that was my favorite workout. And then the following week, oh, my gosh. Think, oh that was my favorite workout. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I really enjoy the kettlebell cleans and the presses. Ooh, I love it. Like a ballistic move in and then yeah. a grind. Oh, I really fun. Like I love those. it. Do you have a least favorite kettlebell movement? A least favorite. I would say probably the lunges. Only oh, because, yeah. Only because I kind of struggle like with my balance and stuff. But yeah, those I really have to dial in on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's a comment, you know, especially with the hypothyroid component and just having mm-hmm. slower regeneration and turnover of our tissue. A lot of women will complain like, uh, the lunges, like their yes. knees will ache, that in squats. So I think that's a common one. And it's, um, I, I, I could do swings and cleans and presses like all day. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you were like, do 10 lunges, I'd be like, I have to like, like get myself in a groove and excited to do it. I had to work myself up. And then the journey that you've been on from hyper to hypo on meds, not on meds with, you know, supplements and healing your gut. What is it that you look towards the future, right? Because, you know, a lot of us think our journey is linear, like Mm -hmm. A to B, you know, feeling better every single day when it's really more of like, you're up, you're down, Mm -hmm. you're really up, you're really down, you're kind of even keel for a while. Like, what is it that you look forward to? Because your kids are grown, like they're older. Mm -hmm. 12 and 15. Yeah. Is there, is there something that you look forward to? I think I look forward to just being more, like you say, present in the moment and just having energy and being able to just hang out with them and, and just waste time with them, just to waste time with the kids and to do activities with them. Are there things that they do that at one point you felt like you couldn't keep up, but maybe now you do or anything along those lines. So like my daughter's in 4-H and then my husband would, he would always have to take her to the meetings because I was tired. Like school activities. I had mentioned earlier, my son had a, a Christmas program and I wasn't able to go to that. I couldn't go to that. And just doing things with them, going to the lake or going camping. Although I, I must admit, I do not enjoy going camping. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I like my bed. <laughs> yeah. 
I like the shower, the toilet, but or just going for a walk. Yeah. And just being present. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is hard when you have brain fog. And once you come out of the fog and the head comes above the water, you're like, oh my God, this is what it's like to feel like me. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing your story because I think many women have a similar experience or have symptoms of Hashimoto's and don't have anyone to talk to about it or do wonder, is this normal? Is this going to be my new norm? Is there something else and something different? So thank you for sharing your story. I think so many women will be able to relate. And I think the beauty of it is like, not everyone has a growth mindset to want to feel better and be better and do better. And I think it's really inspiring to hear that and to see it and to know that there's a different way than just, I keep coming to that visual of like the picture that your kid drew mm, and the, like yeah. the feeling, like that internal feeling like, oh my God, because I know I have felt something similar like that with my kid and to kind of get on the other side of that. So props to you. Yeah. Thank you you for thyroid strong. Oh, it's amazing. It's just really changed my life and it's very empowering and invaluable and it's awesome. Oh, thanks lady. (laughs) That's a wrap. I have two truths that I fully believe in. First, to be 1% better every single day. And second, all feedback is good feedback because it helps us grow. Why do I say this? If you're enjoying these conversations and you find this is adding value, send us some love by subscribing to Muscle Medicine Podcast on iTunes. And if you wanna share your voice with the world and scream it from the rooftops and tell your friends, Or you can just give us a little feedback so we can grow by rating and reviewing Muscle Medicine on iTunes. Thank you guys. So much gratitude. Dr. Emily Kybert here.